So let's have a word of prayer as we begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can just be here today. We just thank you that you've given us this memorial building that we can meet in here temporarily. Lord, we thank you for the excitement of a new sanctuary being built. And Lord, we just pray that it all goes well, be with the builders, all the ones that are involved in that. But Lord, right now, as we look into your word, I just pray that uh, our hearts are open for what you have for us. And we just thank you again that we can just be here today to worship you. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I probably should have blessed the food too, huh? Starting to smell good. So if you have your Bibles and you turn to the book of James, we're going to start right in verse 1, chapter 1. And I basically have entitled this message, How to Profit from Your Problems. So... James is probably the most practical book in the New Testament. Uh, It's kind of the how-to manual for the Christian life. And so I'm just going to read the first six verses of James chapter 1, if you have your Bibles. And uh, we'll probably have, there's probably some Bibles there. We haven't got everything out yet. We've got some uh, hymnals coming. So just bear with us, you know. The other question is, it's hard to... It's hard to imagine. I can see everybody. Nobody's hiding behind poles. Even PJ's right there. I can see you right there. So anyway, so anyway, here we go. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. So James here, he starts off with a few preliminaries, opening remarks, and says, Greetings. Says a few things of who he's writing the letter to. And then he moves right into the message, and right after the preliminaries, if you look at verse 2, he, he kind of drops a bomb on everybody. He announces, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. Now, how would you like to get a letter like that? Here's a letter from me. You got problems? Well, be happy kind of exciting and you're looking at it and say there's no way I can be happy you don't know my situation but I think the key phrase in this is when he says because you know keep that phrase in mind consider it pure joy my brothers whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance your attitude is determined by your understanding. Rejoicing is not just some kind of positive thinking based on some facts of life. Now James also gives us some things about life here to help you with what you're going through and your problems. So I've got four facts of life that you need to know. So I've got four points in the first half of my message. We're good. First of all, 
problems are inevitable. The scripture here doesn't say, if you encounter problems, consider it joy. It says, whenever. Whenever you encounter problems. You're going to have problems. If you don't have problems, what you need to do is put your two fingers right here and see if you're alive. Take your pulse. Because problems are a fact of life. In this world, you will have tribulation. Peter says, don't be surprised when you have problems. Count on it. Problems are not something that we choose to have. It's not an elective. It's a required course. You don't get out of problems by saying, I don't want any problems. They're going to come. Nobody's immune from them. And so that's the first thing. The second thing is, problems are unpredictable. James says, whenever you face problems, the word face, if you take that in the Greek, I would give you the Greek word, but I can't pronounce it. But it literally means to fall unexpectedly. The problems that we have, the trials that we have, are not planned usually. We very seldom anticipate problems that are going to take place. And that's probably good because if we could anticipate the problems, we'd probably run the other way and then we wouldn't get the benefit from them. We don't plan to have a flat tire. We don't plan on a crisis taking place in our lives. They're unpredictable. They come when we least expect them. That's what makes a problem a problem. Now the third thing that he tells us here is that there are problems of many kinds. Problems come in all shapes and sizes and, and every which way. Some of them are big, some of them are small. But there's one thing about problems. You don't get bored with them. They're with you. They're a wide variety. It's kind of like, have you ever tried to match paint? Or you go to the paint store to pick out and they show you the different shades of everything? And some of you probably know the names of all of those. But there's usually either white, black, green, and yellow, and red. And that's about it. Blue, that's about it. That's all we need. The problem with problems is they vary in intensity. And some of them last a long time. Some of them are very short. Some are major crises in our lives. Some are minor inconveniences. And the fourth thing is that problems are very purposeful in our lives. They can be productive. Suffering can accomplish something. It has value in our lives. And you're probably sitting there going, great. I don't know if I believe that. So I'll go to my other points of my sermon. I've got, I don't know, at least three more points. That what are the purposes of problems in our lives? And one of, the pro one of the things that problems does in our lives 
is it purifies our faith. James uses the word testing, as in testing gold and silver. If you test gold and silver, you heat them up. You get out all the impurities. That's probably the first thing trials do is test our faith. But they purify us. Christians, we're kind of like, and you've heard this saying, we're kind of like tea bags. You don't know what's inside until you add some hot water. Then you know. But your faith develops when things don't go as planned. Your faith develops when you don't feel like doing what's right. It purifies your faith. Another thing that problems do is it fortifies our patience. The testing of your faith develops perseverance. James is talking about staying power, not passive patience. Endurance, the ability to keep on even when you're going through a problem. You're able to hang in there. It literally means the ability to stay under pressure. Now, how many of you like pressure? Like to be pressed in every which way, right? Generally, we'll do everything we can to avoid pressure in our lives. A lot of people handle it in different ways. Some try to run from it. Sometimes they run from it by becoming involved in addictions to try to get away from their problems somehow. Maybe you go on a big vacation to get out of pressure. Maybe some of that's not bad. But God uses the problems in our lives to teach us how to handle pressure. He doesn't want us to ever give in. So God teaches us patience. Now don't you just love that word? You guys are patient today because it's not exactly the way it was in the other sanctuary. But patience. God doesn't give us patience or help us with patience by letting everything go exactly the way we want it to. God teaches us patience. Do you realize that God teaches us patience when we're in traffic jams? Grocery lines? TSA, uh, being around certain people, you know, who knows? But we live in somewhat of a comfortable society right now because if you think about it, everybody wants it now. Now, how many knew what it was like without cell phones? Okay, a a few of you, you know. Do you remember when, uh, if you didn't get a phone call, oh well? Boy, now, you know, we got to have our cell phones. I might miss a phone call. Sad to say, I'm that way. We want it now. How many have ever ordered anything off Amazon? And then now you're at the point, I got to get Prime. Now you're at the point, boy, I sure hope they get that new distribution center in Denver so I can get it in a couple hours rather than having to wait a day or two. 
I mean, admit it. We're, 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 we're that way. We want it now. And if I can't have it now, then forget it. And the problem is, sometimes that comes into our faith when we talk about our relationship with God. So the third thing I want to talk about today is problems will many times sanctify our character. Sometimes these problems will make us like Jesus. They help us mature. They help us grow. He says the testing of our faith produces perseverance so that you may become mature, not lacking anything. That's God's long-range goal for us. That's His ultimate purpose. He wants us to mature. He wants us to grow up. In our Christian life, character is the bottom line. God is much more interested in building our character than He is making you comfortable. So if God's going to make me like Jesus, He's probably going to take me through some things like Jesus went through. Do you realize that there were times in Jesus' earthly ministry that He was fatigued? He was tired out? He was lonely. He was tempted. He was depressed. He was discouraged. The Bible says that there's two ways that God makes us like Jesus. One is through the Word of God. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them by the truth. Your Word is truth. God's Word is truth. It builds character. It matures us. But there's also a second way. So we have God's Word. The second way is through the circumstances of life. And this is where the book of James hits it right on the head. Have you ever heard somebody say, maybe it's a Christian, Christian person say this, everything was just going great when I first became a Christian, and then all of a sudden all these problems started to come. Maybe God doesn't love me anymore. Maybe I'm not a Christian. Maybe I'm not really saved. Maybe I missed the boat. And I would say to them, you're exactly where God wants you to be. You're in a character course. He's building your character. He's strengthening you. He's making you like Jesus because God wants to make a masterpiece out of each one of us. Now, how many of you are artists? You like to draw or paint or whatever the stuff they do is. Obviously, I'm not one. So, <laughs> God wants us, as His masterpiece, to be mature, to be complete, not lacking anything. And that's a picture of Jesus Christ. That's what He wants us to be like. So, how do we do this in handling our problems? This is the first point of the third point of my sermon. This is the reason you came today. You want to hear a conclusion and you want to know how to apply it to your lives, right? I just talked about all these problems that you're going to endure. So here's how do you handle your problems. I could have got this done in three minutes, but I wanted to wait because you guys look so good in those chairs and this nice environment and all that kind of stuff. So here's... Mm Three more points here. This is how to handle your problems. The first thing is this. 
rejoice. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials. That's verse 1. Now don't misunderstand what he's saying. He's not saying fake it, put on a fake smile. We're not rejoicing for the problem. We're rejoicing in the problem. Probably one of the most misunderstood verses in Scripture is 1 Thessalonians 5.18, which says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. If you want to know God's will for your life, it's very simple. In everything give thanks. But it means that we can give thanks because we know that God can take even the bad things of our lives and He can turn around to work in our lives so that it will make it better. It'll make us a better character. And the difference is, is our attitude. Consider it pure joy. The word consider means a deliberate look at. Now, how many of you, when you go to the mirror, do you take a deliberate look at your face? Or you just kind of glance? <laughs> Depends on what time of day, probably. But when he says consider, he's saying evaluate. Make up your mind once and for all. I'm living in the present, and I probably have some problems in the present, but I'm looking forward to the benefit of how I'm going to grow through this problem. It's a choice. I can't control the circumstances that happen to me, but I can control how I'm going to respond to them. The second thing that we need to do in handling our problems is request. Which means pray. But I had to have it start with an R to match the others. Rejoice. Request. Of all times to pray, especially pray when you got problems. And then you say, what do you pray about? Look at verse 5. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. You need to pray for wisdom when you're in the midst of a problem because you probably have some decisions that you got to make. Sometimes we become so overwhelmed we don't understand what God's doing. Pray for wisdom. Wisdom, in a sense, is trying to see things from God's point of view. Pray for wisdom so that you can somehow try to understand the problem a little bit more. And here's the big one. It starts with an R. Relax. Trust God that He knows what's best for your life. Cooperate with God's purpose so that you don't short-circuit the process. That's what's called faith. It says... When he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Relax. Let God work. we got people right here in, in this church that are going to be in God's Hall of Fame. I have no doubt. Because they've maintained a tremendous sweet spirit in the odds of tremendous pressure that they've been going through in their lives. They don't, know, they don't probably realize the effect they've had on other people in a good way. The situations that they've been through. 
But if you think about what you've been through, what you're probably going to be going through, it's not easy to have a joyful heart in the middle of problems. Even when you want to have a joyful attitude, it's difficult. But that's why you need to pray for two things. You need to pray for wisdom to understand the trial, and you need to pray for faith to endure through the trial. James says you need wisdom to know what's going on and faith to hang in there. (laughs) Faith to hang in there and to never, 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 ever give up. You're not a failure. The only time you're a failure is if you quit. God wants us to keep going. God wants us to use those problems in our lives to develop us. Because you know what? God cares deeply about each one of us. He cares about you very much. And God sees what you're going through. You're not alone. He's got your number. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He even knows how many of us have lost a lot of it. He cares for us. And God has the power to do something about that problem. Do you realize God could change your problem in a snap? He's a miracle-working God. So why doesn't He? Because He has a greater purpose for us. And that greater purpose is what He wants to do in you. Because God's more interested in building your character than making your life comfortable. Look at verse 12. There's a tremendous promise. I know we didn't read verse 12, but I'm going to read it now. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. God says there'll be a reward. And so this morning, what I would challenge you at is this. Cast all your cares upon Jesus. That's really the point of it. No matter what you're going through, cast all your cares upon Him. He cares for you deeply, but He's working in each one of our lives. And that's the decision we have to make is, I want to be what God wants me to be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning we thank You as we begin this book of James. There's a lot of tough things in it. But Lord, ultimately it's all because You love us so much. And Lord, I don't know what everybody's thinking or going through right now, right here. But Lord, you know each one of our hearts. And you know exactly what each one of us need right now. And so Lord, I just pray if there's people hurting right now that they can just reach out to you and, and, and draw strength from you. But Lord, I pray for all of us here that we can grow into the people that you've called us to be. Lord, I thank you that you look at each one of us as your masterpiece. And Lord, I thank you that you never leave us or forsake us, but you see us through the problems and you help us grow and become stronger through those times. So Lord, whatever we're going through right now, we lay it at your feet knowing you're going to see us through. And I thank you so much for your love. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.